0: Some people think that you can become a Christian and then live as you like, and there'll be no consequences. You're under grace, not law. You're under grace. You can have a license to sin. That's so far from the truth. Rather, now that you're a Christian, now that you call on God your Father, He's your judge, and He will train you. He will take the rod of correction, and He will correct you. And so this is holy fear, healthy fear. This is the right fear that every Christian should have. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak, the video broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church. And I trust that today God will minister to your own soul and draw you to himself. We're turning to 1 Peter one seventeen today for our ministry. We have a hymn, Just As I Am, and we begin now with our short little message on why be a Christian. You need to become a Christian because the wrath of God is coming upon every sinner in the world. Wrath is God's indignation against the rebellion of man. It is his righteous anger flowing from his holy nature. Holiness is just one aspect of God's divine perfection. Just as he is perfect love, he is also perfectly righteous and must hate evil. As a sovereign creator over all his creation, God demands obedience from each of his creatures. This caused him to cast out the angels who rebelled in heaven. It caused God to drive Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. And it caused him to send a flood to destroy a world of sinners in the days of Noah. In Job 36.18 we are said, Because there is wrath, beware, lest he take thee away with his stroke, then a great ransom cannot deliver thee. This is a very cogent argument from the Bible. There is a day of reckoning for every man in this world. Each one of us will stand before God to give account of our works and our failure to keep the law of God. Sin deserves wrath, because it is rebellion to God. God hates it and can never be reconciled to it. Because God is holy, he must punish all sin. The only remedy for the sinner is to find a ransom, payment by another. This is where the Lord Jesus comes into the picture, for he has offered a ransom for our sin. He endured the wrath of God in his own body on the tree to turn away God's wrath from his people. Christians are hiding from wrath under the blood and righteousness of Christ. That is to say, they are covered from God's wrath because they are set free from their guilt by the atoning work of Christ at the cross. He is the ransom for our salvation. Through his death, we have life. There is no other religion that offers this freedom from sin. Only Jesus Christ as the God-man offered an infinite sacrifice for sin to set sinners free. He died for our redemption and rose again from the dead to declare that our sins were gone in the victory of his power over death and hell. All who seek to flee from the wrath of God for sin must run into Christ as their only refuge. This is well stated in the hymn, Rock of Ages, cleft for Me, let me hide myself in thee. No other religion has the remedy for sin as the gospel of Christ. That is why you are called to become a Christian. You need a Savior from the wrath of God due to your sins. to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gollerher, and today we're turning again to the book of 1 Peter, and I trust that the Lord will minister to your heart. This is a very practical book. It is the book for young Christians, for earnest Christians, for growing Christians, and I trust that you will take this to heart. The apostle says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth, According to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here with fear. And if ye call on the Father, there's the mark of the test for a Christian. If ye call on the Father, every born again Christian will want fellowship with his heavenly Father. If you are a true child, you will seek to know your Father, to listen to your Father and to obey your Father. And so I trust you'll take to heart today this message from the pulpit of our church here in Cloverdale on the calling upon the name of the Father. You're familiar with Hebrews twelve six and 7. Every, uh, every son whom the Father chasteneth, that's true sons. That, that's God's absolute. He will correct us. Now, Job, he noticed this, and he said, He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And you will learn that God disciplines us for our good, always for our good. And he has a purpose to change us for the better. Now, that's the whole work of God's grace in us. Now, God uses different ways. I'll give you three ways that God can correct you losses, crosses, and bosses. There's three ways. And He, as a loving Father, can take the rod of correction, not the rod of wrath to destroy, but the rod of correction, and apply it by losses. And that hurts. That grieves us. Then there are crosses, burdens that He calls us to carry: burdens, reproach, opposition, difficulties. And then there's bosses. As far as children goes, God gives you parents to train you, and you are in training as children. Then when we grow up and we get away from the leadership of parents, God has still bosses in your life, those who you answer to, you're accountable to. And God can use those people in your life to correct you and to direct you. Now, God will always act properly as a father to discipline and train us, because he's holy. He's upright, and he will not deviate from the strict righteousness of his own heart. And thus, God's to be feared. This is a healthy fear, and we can be very sure that we will pay the price for doing evil. There are consequences as a Christian for sin and rebellion. You just read the life of Israel and Judah— in our prayer meetings recently, we've been looking at a number of kings. We've been looking at those that uh, have walked with God, and then they sinned, and God came and punished in various ways. If you turn with me tonight to Second Chronicles 26, uh, I want us to take a, just a brief look at King Uzziah, King Uzziah. He's a very uh, complicated and a very sad story. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. In verse 5 of this chapter, it says, And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Here's a son in training. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. But then you jump over to verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God. And he went into the temple and altered incense. He died to do as a king what a Levite should have been doing. And so he was helped till he was strong. And what happened to him? Verse 19. Well, It says, Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests. And he became known as the diseased king, or the oozing king, which rhymes with Uzziah. The oozing king, this leprosy Right on his very forehead. He became the diseased king with leprosy. Thinking of leprosy, there are many others in the Bible whom God dealt with. Miriam, when she and Aaron murmured against Moses and against the Lord, she became leprous. Then there is Elisha's servant, Gehazi, because he sought the money, he became a leper. And then in the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Ghost. And God smote them. That was the end of them. And so tonight, child of God, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, because he's just. He's no respecter of persons. And just because you think maybe you're special, God will go easy on you, God will do things differently with you. No, we're told here that God judges, and he judges his own children firstly. Judgment begins at the house of God. We read in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, that's the chapter of uh, communion and the, the Lord's Supper, of those that were disciplined, dealt with, they became sickly, and some slept or died in the church because of their sin. This is a tough word tonight. I'm trying to, I'm trying to lay out the very thing that, that Peter sets out here, and that we are to call upon God the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work. Some people think that you can become a Christian and then live as you like, and there'll be no consequences. You're under grace, not law. You're under grace. You can have a license to sin. That's so far from the truth. Rather, now that you're a Christian, now that you call on God your Father, he's your judge, and he will train you. He will take the rod of correction, and he will correct you. And so this is holy fear, healthy fear. This is the right fear that every Christian should have. Now, the third thing we mentioned tonight is that we're to fear because God is a father to hear us. If ye call on the father. Oh, this is the call of prayer. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Do you want to be a man or woman of prayer? do you want to be able to go into the closet and plead with God? Then your relationship with God will be one of a a holy, healthy fear of the Lord and of his word. And of course, this is the last thing that the child of God wants, is to be out of fellowship and out of communion with God to the point where the Lord will not hear us, to get into a state where God will no longer hear our prayers is torment for the Christian. Children will automatically call out to their parents and they don't want to be abandoned. They don't want to be left to themselves. And therefore we're to fear as obedient children. There was the the warning of Samuel. If I may turn you to 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 18. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 18. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Here is Samuel lamenting that the people want to be like the other nations. They want to have a king. And Samuel is saying that you may have your king. And if you choose a king, you'll get into the place where you will call upon the Lord and he will not hear you. Now, that was very close to Samuel's heart because Samuel was uh, the, the prophet. He was the priest of God. He was the man whom the people would come to and say, pray for us. Pray for us. And Samuel said, if you choose a king and reject the Lord, then you'll be in the place where God will not hear you. And so here is Peter's word in this verse 17. If ye call on the Father... Now, you're a Christian tonight. You're a believer in the Lord Jesus. You do pray. You do call on the Father. You will want him to hear your prayers. You will want him to hear your cry. I wonder, have you come to this tonight? Uh, Then it's time to return on to the Lord and worship him in godly reverence and fear. It's a holy fear. It's a healthy fear. It's a godly fear. Just as you go into a home and there's a a family where children respect, honor, obey their parents. That's a happy, healthy home. In a Christian's life, in the life of the church, where we obey, honor, and have a holy respect for God, that becomes a place where God's name is greatly honored. Now the danger is, the more that God blesses us, the more we fall into the very pit of departing from the Lord, like Uzziah. And until he was strong, God helped him until he was strong. And then he departed from the Lord. I was reading a story of a a man who had a horse. And when he kept the horse on a paddock that had plenty of room to move around, but very little grass on it. Really, it took a lot of grazing to get much food. And while the horse was in that paddock, it was most friendly, most amiable. And it would come over and rub noses, and it would eat out of the the owner's hand. It was a very friendly horse when it was on the paddock with bare grass. But when the spring came and he opened it up into the the bigger pasture with plenty of grass, then that horse, whenever he would come to the fence, he would just kick up his heels and he became like an enemy to his owner. He didn't want to be coming and get that bridle on, didn't want to be friendly, but became as an enemy. Now, so often God's people, the more that God blesses them, the less of respect and honor and fear they pay unto the Lord. I want you to remember this tonight. I want you to take to heart this word of Peter. If ye call on the Father, he is to be treated as a judge. And as judge, he must do right. He cannot treat us any differently. He must be right. He's a trainer. He would feel to be a good heavenly father if he did not apply the rod, correct us, steer us in the right direction. And then also, he's a father to hear our prayers. And this is, this is something of a discipline that every parent exercises. And if the child is wayward, if the child is disobedient, if the child will not listen to the parent... Then, when the child comes asking, what does the parent say? I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you today because you don't obey me. You don't hear the words I have for you, so I will not hear your needs. And so, these things we learn tonight from this very passage. And it teaches us the need for a godly fear, a reverence, a respect. A true obedience, as obedient children. I pray tonight that will be worked into your Christian profession, in your walk, and you will learn the joy of obedience, of the thrill of being in the will of God and serving Him. I want to read to you from Profiting from the Word by Arthur W. Pink. This is a little book that, uh, well, let me see, it's 125 pages. It's softback, and it is a classic, and it is helping Christians to realize the importance of the Bible, not just for objective truth, but for us to know God, to worship God, and to walk with God. Now, we've been speaking today about the fear of the Lord. And this is something that really comes from taking the Word of God seriously. The Bible works within us a greater fear of God's majesty. It says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Psalm 33.8 God is so nigh above us that the thought of His majesty should make us tremble. His power is so great that the realization of it ought to terrify us. He is so ineffably holy, and his abhorrence of sin is so infinite that the very thought of wrongdoing ought to fill us with horror. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Proverbs 9.10 tells us, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and wisdom is a right use of knowledge. Just so far as God is truly known, will he be duly feared. Of the wicked, it is written, there is no fear of God before their eyes. They have no realization of his majesty, no concern for his authority, no respect for his commandments, no alarm that he shall judge them. But concerning this covenant people, God has promised I WILL PUT MY FEAR IN THEIR HEARTS, THAT THEY SHALL NOT DEPART FROM ME. THEREFORE DO THEY TREMBLE AT HIS WORD, AND WALK SOFTLY BEFORE HIM. THE FEAR OF THE LORD IS TO HATE EVIL, PROVERBS 8.13. AND AGAIN, BY THE FEAR OF THE LORD, MEN DEPART FROM EVIL. THE MAN WHO LIVES IN THE FEAR OF GOD IS CONSCIOUS THAT THE EYES OF THE LORD ARE IN EVERY PLACE beholding the evil and the good. Therefore is he conscious or conscientious about his private conduct as well as his public. The one who is deterred from committing certain sins because the eyes of men are upon him, and who hesitates not to commit them when alone, is destitute of the fear of God. So too the man who moderates his language when Christians are about him, but does not so at other times, is devoid of God's fear. He has no awe-inspiring consciousness that God sees and hears him at all times. The truly regenerate soul is afraid of disobeying and defying God. Nor does he want to. No, his real and deepest desire is to please him in all things, at all times, and in all places. His earnest prayer is, Now even the saint has to be taught the fear of God. And here as ever it is through the Scriptures that this teaching is given us. It is through them that we learn God's eye is ever upon us, marking our actions, weighing our motives. As the Holy Spirit applies the Scriptures to our hearts, we give increasing heed to that command. Be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Thus, just so far as we are awed by God's awful majesty, are made conscious that thou, God, seest me, and work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And thus are we truly profited from our reading and study of the Bible. You can discover here that so much of our Bible study is really just to harden the heart. It is only when the Word of God pierces the heart and causes us to tremble at the holiness of God that the Bible is doing us any good. One of the best ways to do this is to pray over the Bible. That means when you read a passage and you think about those verses, meditating on them, then pray them back to God and ask the Lord to work these things into your heart, that you become a living fortress with the Word of God fortifying your soul. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Goliath. We're moving out to our announcements today. This book, Profiting from the Word, by Arthur W. Pink, is available and uh, for a small donation, and if you wish to write us, you can contact us here. The announcements are coming up, now, i giving you all the detail. Again, thank you for listening to our broadcast here today. If you'd like to hear this program again, or if you would like information about our programming schedules across Canada on various stations, and if you would like the information on how to donate and support this ministry, go to our website L-T-B-S dot C-A Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you as again we let the Bible This broadcast comes
1: to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm Every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 930 am. You can contact us using our office number, which is 604 576 1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca Our burden is that you will hear and understand the Gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and His great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5am and 5pm and on Sundays at 9.30am on this station. For our full or church service, as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.